Welcome back to another episode of Adaptive Citizens. I am your host, Elijah. Ben is unfortunately not here today, but fortunately, we have a guest this time, um, and it is actually my wife, Tiana. A lot of people have wanted to hear her side of the story um, involved with operational industries and kind of what she does. Um, She's never had the opportunity to tell her story and where she came from and whatnot, because obviously I'm kind of the face of the company, but if anyone deserves any credit um, for operational industries, I believe it's my wife. I think I came up with the idea more than anything, uh, but it wouldn't be running as smoothly as it is if it wasn't for her. So I wanted to formally introduce my beautiful wife, uh, totally simping right now. (laughs) Uh, So, Tiana, if you would like to kind of introduce yourself and let these uh, listeners and peoples know kind of who you are, where you came from, what hole you (laughs) (laughs) dug myself out of. Yeah. Uh, Well, my name's Tiana, and I'm Elijah's wife. Um, I said that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) You're you're killing it. I know. Um, No, a little bit about my story and kind of where I am now and what I do um, behind the scenes with operational industries. That's all I do is just all the behind the scenes stuff. So if you email us, it's me, um, him and I like jointly ship and package orders. It's primarily me printing just cause I'm a little faster, but oh, <laughs> um, that's no. all you <laughs> No, I really, really enjoy printing. I really enjoy the, um, the details in it and it being kind of more meticulous. And so I just really liked it. And so that's what I do. Um, I also really enjoy customer service and talking to people. And so I just kind of landed myself there and I just prefer being in the back office. But um, my history is kind of similar to Elijah's, just not quite as extreme. Extreme. (laughs) I got mommy issues and daddy issues. So, you know. Oh, but God. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was able to escape a lot of stuff too. And um, I was kind of on, I was already on my feet and moving when I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, you were a sugar mama when I met you. I know. <laughs> I had a 2013 John Cooper Works Mini Cooper in my own house. Oh, man. Uh, no, I, I was kind of on my feet, and but I, I didn't really know where I was going. And so I think once you and I got together is really when it started to kind of take off and we just moved really fast, but in yeah. like the best way. Oh so. yeah. It was definitely fast. It was very but like, fast. like, uh, where, where did you grow up? Um, I was born on, don't a, be too specific. <laughs> I was born on the Oregon coast, Okay, but I hate the cold. Um, and so we moved up um, in like the Portland area. People in Alaska are laughing at you right now. I know it's 50 is too cold for me. I'm like, it's got to be 72 with a slight breeze 24-7, and then I'll be happy. Yeah, it's even too windy <laughs> in Idaho for you. It's The wind is horrible. <laughs> it's windy as fuck right now. Um, okay, well, so we put up on uh, the operational industries uh, page uh, a question box because a lot of people have wanted to hear a story, like I said. Uh, and I think that having a woman's perspective on a lot of the things that we talk about on the podcast are just kind of the values that we have, um, that we've shared through operational industries or adaptive citizens or havoc holsters. Um, it, it, it's very important that we give other people time to speak, um, especially when they're involved with it. Um, well, and it's also very important too, that women hear the perspectives too. So if there's tidbits in here that can be shared with wives, 
girlfriends, sisters. Or help the men that keep fucking up with the wives. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if there's tidbits that can be shared to help get women more involved, I think that's super important. Yeah. So So, anyways, we had uh, quite a few questions, but we're going to start off with uh, – whatever. (laughs) We're just going to start. So question th- one. Yeah. So this one is a question from 10.8 pop on Instagram. Uh, is customer service important? Absolutely. Okay. Um, they can already tell that you have a cleaner mouth than me. You said fricking. <laughs> I do, but that's cause I'm programmed differently with. You, you work know. in customer service. Exactly. Um, no, customer service is the, I think, in my opinion, is probably more important than even the products that you offer. Yep. Because if the customer's not happy, it doesn't matter what you sell. Um, so I dedicate a lot of my time to making sure that our customers are happy and that they, no matter what goes wrong, because I mean, it's just you and I, so mm-hmm. there's going to be things that go wrong We're occasionally. Human. Yeah. You know, we forget things sometimes, or it takes me a little bit longer to respond to emails than I'd like sometimes, but My number one priority is making sure that regardless of what happens and what goes wrong, that we're always there to make sure that it's right. And I think that that is so, so important that you walk away from a company happy um, and willing to share it and wanting to share it. And, you know, you are customers spending their hard earned money. Uh, hopefully it's hard earned, um, (laughs) but (laughs) instead of sitting on the couch, but Actually, unless you're a gamer. Anyway, so our customers spending their hard-earned money, you know, to buy our merchandise and to take our classes and to do these things means the absolute world to me. And so I want to make sure that they feel that and that they feel valued. Well, and I I, I totally agree with you first off, but um, you saw firsthand when I was – on like the consumer side of things before operational in- industries, oh, yeah. like how how people were treated in, on the consumer side from a lot of these like tactical companies. And hey, you know, there was a mistake with my, my order and then they tell me to go fuck myself, literally. Yeah, well, and it, it even happens now, not to that extent, but I get emails from people, from companies we've ordered from now that, you know, they make a mistake in the order and just, hey, just wanted to let you know it's there. You know, this happened, you know, just wanting to explore what we can do to fix this. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that'll be shipped out later. No yeah. information, no nothing. Yeah. And it's like now that I'm in customer service 100 percent for our own company, mm-hmm. it bothers me. Yeah. Well, and it's like I and I've been told this from a lot of people, but we have really high standards, we not do. not just with our customer service, but with like the product that we release, like mm-hmm. people are really surprised when they see like uh, when we had the rejects, when that was a thing. Now we just donate all of it. But yeah, um, like even even Ben, Ben was like, what's wrong with this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then so he, you don't see it. <laughs> but then a lot of people have that mindset of quantity or, or yeah, quantity over um, quality. quality. And I and I agree to an extent, depending on what it is. There needs to be a balance. There has to be a balance. Absolutely. But like small mistakes are fine. But, but like if I'm in here and there's even like it, there's even things where I, I see that you don't sometimes and I'm like, I won't allow this to go yeah. out. Um, like obviously you've got it all down, but it's not some. Sometimes it's not something that we could have prevented because we work with machines. Machines mm-hmm. have mistakes. There's 
ink involved in a, a heating process and a pre-treating process and the bagging and tagging and washing. And I mean, uh, dude, there's multiple areas where something could go wrong. Um, what, are you counting? <laughs> there are nine different steps between, no, 10 different steps between the times that we receive the shirt and when it gets to the customer where things could go wrong. Right, exactly. So it's <laughs> yeah. like if one thing goes wrong, yeah. and think about that from like a small business perspective too. Mm-hmm. Think about, so we've donated thousands of dollars worth of clothing. Mm-hmm. And we still have, we have like huge bags filled that we have not gone through yet. Two giant contracting bags we still have to go. Yeah, they're filled to the brim. Like they're about to pop and we need to like lay them out and figure out how many sizes of what we have and all that stuff and then go and donate them so we have an accurate number, Um, which is something we don't really talk about a whole lot. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's kind of just like our range day cleanup. So we don't talk about that a whole lot. And that, because one of the reasons why people don't see it that much is because even when we talk about it, it's not sexy. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not super cool. It's, it's not, not a tactical cool guy video. Nobody gives a fuck. And that's one of the problems with this industry or even just from the consumer standpoint. And that's why a lot of people like even Lucas himself has made that one of his main points was like, we need to start getting back to like why we all are doing these things. If you consider shooting a hobby, you're in the wrong mindset. Mm-hmm. It should not be a hobby. This should be work, bro. Mm-hmm. You need to be working and and coming at it with a serious, like realistic standpoint every single time. You should have a plan. It's like it's a job mm-hmm. every time you go to the range. Well, it's just like working out and reading and drinking water. Like you have to strengthen your brain. You have to strengthen your body, your right. mind. Like you have to strengthen all these things. And it's the same thing with training. Yeah. Well, and and. Uh, even when I first met you, I wasn't this serious. And you know that more than anybody. No, you and I both weren't. No, we were more focused on cars. Yeah. We were building cars and... and Going out and plinking and... and plinking, yeah, shooting a, a pile of trash, mm-hmm. essentially. Like, that's what everyone did. I feel like even in the beginning, though, you still got really upset when you got to the range and it was trashed. Like, I remember... Oh, I, yeah. No, yeah. I didn't add always, to the trash. I yeah. never added. No, but it's just... it's. I just realized that. Like, even back in the beginning, yeah. you've always cared about taking care of the land that we shoot on. And it's weird because I'm not like this weird tree hugger. I'm not like a hippie. I think you kind of are a little I, bit well, internally. I'm, I'm, I'm more one of those people who are like, <laughs> I'm spiritual. You know what I mean? Like, that's, <laughs> that's more of like who I am, but... Um, it's because I come from a place like Oregon where like mm-hmm. I, there was within, okay, f- between 2013 and 2015, two years, I lost three shooting areas that I used mm-hmm. to go to, two of which were at Brown's camp that we used to go yeah. to. And uh, even to the point to where I went to go leave shooting one of those spots and a fucking ranger locked me in the gate. And I had a, a whole freaking search and rescue team come and get me because I was stuck out there with no service. So, um... But these areas are getting locked uh, locked off by these huge gates or we're told that we can no longer shoot in these areas um, because they're being trashed. People are treating them like dumps. So if you're mm-hmm. listening to this and you've left trash in the past, I'm not calling you out. Go get it. Well, yeah, like <laughs> if because I have I was that I did that before when mm-hmm. I very first started, I left some trash out at a range. It's because it's not something that you mindfully think of. Well, especially when you don't hear people talking about it. It, You don't realize how much of a problem it is until you start hearing people talk about it. So, like, I felt so guilty after that one time I left trash. Ever since I've gone, I've left with more than I came with. And it wasn't mine. 
And now I'm like to the point to where like I have very specific targets that I use. So I know if I see any other type of target out there, I know it's not me. There isn't a single person that goes to our spot that we go to Mm -hmm. that's using the same targets as me. No. Nobody. Everyone uses like a fucking pallet or a mattress and they put some cardboard on it and Right, I draw have, a circle. I have very rarely <clears throat> seen just standard carpet. Carpet, <laughs> cardboard. I've seen carpet out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but like I very rarely see like SST targets. Or yeah, like cardboard or USBSA. paper targets. Yeah, it's all trash. It's mm-hmm. always trash. It is. It's ridiculous. I'm getting another one. Let me know when you're empty. Oh shit! I hit my mic. <laughs> so for those of you guys that don't know, um. It's kind of the same thing like I we talked about with Ben in the last podcast or probably talked about it a few times. I know we talked about it in the first podcast um, where me and Ben don't get to hang out a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and so when we do get to hang out, it's usually work-related. Mm-hmm. So this – it could be looked at as work. This but is, we, a, this this is, is our fun. date night. This, this so, nice. yes. We got well, a sitter. I'm not dating Ben. But, <laughs> yeah, so Tiana and I, kind we of. don't get out much. Like I even talked about in the last podcast, I don't get out much. Um, but neither does she because she's working just as much, if not more, in certain areas of the business. And we have a pretty tight schedule. I mean, everything mm-hmm. is done off of a schedule. Our entire well, life is. We had a – there was a question in there. I think that's a great question to, to go into. Yeah. Is the balance between work and life. Hold on. Well, how, how can you remember that? I, hold on. I don't even... – <laughs> I remember everything. I, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All of them do. <laughs> like bring something up from five months later. Oh, yeah. Okay. So from uh, perception. Perception. He's got two E's. Perception. Um, Balancing work and home life when you run a business with your partner. It was so hard in the beginning. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm sorry if that hurt anybody's ears. Um, (laughs) I know. (laughs) No, it was so hard in the beginning. It was we were constantly going, going, going to the point where – you know, we had friends that would reach out and be like, hey, can we help you in any way? And it's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know what we're doing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, we're still figuring it out. Yeah, it was every single day was like, oh, this needs done and this needs done. And we we had no routine. We had no flexibility. We had mm-hmm. no anything. We were just, as things came up, we <clears throat> would do them. We would print when we could. And so in the We very- were also learning the printing process. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like, like, we didn't know, we didn't like learn how to print or go to school to print or, or take a class to print. Mm-mm. We just fucking did it. Well, it was like what? 10 hours of online videos. And then they were like, okay, go. And we a sat shirt. side by side every night when we put Leland to bed, we yeah. sat side by side in the office and just watched these videos together. Yeah. It was depressing. It's all in, in for anybody that, <clears throat> doesn't know um we don't do screen printing we don't have those mesh screens that you just kind of the ink onto um it's it's a all digital and it's all ran by a computer and um it was a lot to learn there's four steps to every single shirt and so it was crazy but just going back to the balance, like it was it was so hard to learn how to run a business. We also had what well, Leland was one. Yeah. So we, started, yeah. we had a toddler. You were working 16 hours. Oh, you were gone 16 hours overnight, five to six days a week, sometimes even seven. Mm-hmm. And so we were learning how to we'd only been married a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, it's like the <laughs> list goes on. Well, And I think that's a really good thing to just kind of throw in here, too, is we met. And then 
I proposed six months later. Two months. Two months later. Jesus Christ. Seriously? <laughs> it was only two months? We met in March. You proposed in June, I think. And then I know we got married in October. That's three months. So three months. So okay. three months later. And then we got married in October. October. And then you got pregnant in December. Yeah. And then we moved. When Leland was. Two months old. Uh, yeah. No, six months old. We visited when he was three months and moved when he was six months. Okay. Yeah, but so, so everything moved yeah. really fast. And then a year after that. But we moved. We didn't just move. We moved states. 320 miles. 320 miles away, bought yeah. our first house together. Without seeing it first. I sold it an <laughs> AR-15 and bought a Glock and a CRV. Yeah, so you had a relandable. Rel- relandable? <laughs> no. So a reliable I had a, car. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's been very crazy. <sighs> but we have the mindset of... Yeah. Get her done. Like, yeah. we are, well, we're in our prime. We're in our early 20s. Like, let's fucking get it. Yeah. And well, we work really well together. We didn't super, super work well together. In the we, beginning, we were toxic. No. We I, and I mean, relationship-wise. Like, we got better relationship-wise, and then the business happened, and that was a whole other aspect of working yeah. together that we yeah. had to learn. And so we both, like, came, I think, what was it? What's this? What do you say? Like, your your relationship, what you... My relationship made me, yours broke you. And then we met. Yeah. And Within then we're, two weeks of those relationships. Dude, and it was it was bad. <laughs> we had a lot of ups and downs. We had a lot of stuff that we had to work through. But And you guys are like, well, the, why the fuck did you you know propose after three months? Because I just knew, bro. I just knew. I knew. I was it, when I got off the phone, I hadn't even met you and I knew. You should, this, is, this is kind of off, off topic of the question. Should we finish this question first and then go over how we met? Because I know people sure. are wondering that. And sure. you tell the – and I butcher it every fucking time. I love our story. That's why I say it so well. It's because you're a stalker. Anyways, now – no, My mom accused you of stalking me. How? Because so, you got the same uh, Sonic drink that I got. Oh, whatever. <laughs> it's just good taste. <laughs> it is. All right. Blue raspberry so with nerds. So balancing – so anyway, so we started in the garage of our house – yeah, it oh, we was... didn't even start in the garage. We started in the spare bedroom. Oh my god, it was so bad. I would walk out of that room. You and I both. We would walk out of that room, and we just have headaches mm-hmm. because it, the fumes were yeah. so bad. So we very quickly moved in the garage. Yeah, but no. So balance. That being the question, um, you will not have balance for a very long time when starting a business, especially mm-hmm. with your spouse, um, especially with our history with you know things moving so fast and like really figuring each other out and we are like the same people and so you're just like a male version but you're a traditional man you are the man and i am the woman in our Mm. relationship and so we just fit so perfectly yeah she's not the traditional woman where she just cowers to everything she'll she'll stand up for herself and i really respect that get in my face bro see what happens i'm just kidding (laughs) i've done it you showed me up real quick i was like all right i'm not gonna (laughs) Know your fucking place, dude. Yeah, no, and that that was a lot of the budding heads. Yeah, you know, in the beginning of our relationship, we finally started to figure things out, and then you know, once the business started, it was like completely restarting. Yeah, but we had a lot more stable grounds to start on. It wasn't like we weren't financially stable when we started either. We oh thought my it was going to be no. a lot easier than what it was. No, it was terrifying. Yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. Because then you have the idea of like we're all in. I just left a. a, a a great job. Um, I quit a job that you could, an amazing all, everyone's job. excuse for staying in a fucking job is, is what I had, you know, the, the, 
decent pay, the good pay, you know. The good pay with good the hours, good, good benefits. Yeah, and like everything. matched your 401k. It was the American dream. Yeah, no, fuck no, that. And no. so when everything started happening with COVID, um, I allegedly got it, right? I got COVID is what they said. Um, <laughs> I'm so sick. Yeah, so I played it off and I was like, yeah, I'm totally sick. I'm going to. I'm going to stay home and quarantine for two weeks. And then like Tiana looked at me the last day of that 14 days. And she was like, Hey, so you either got to go back or quit right now. And I was like, fuck. Cause we were already like, man, we were already into operational industries for what? Like four months is three, three months, only three months in business. And we had only launched like four different designs since then. And then then. two months after you quit your job, Mm -hmm. we got shut down on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, October of 2021 is what it was. No, 2020. Was it 2020? We started 2020. No. Yeah. We started June of 2020. And then October of 2020. Oh, shit. You're right. It was. Yeah. Because we only had like 5,000 followers. Yeah. But it was like the world to us at that point. Yeah. We were like, oh, my God. There's so many people that love us. (laughs) And I watched it daily. Like I was yeah. one of those people in the beginning. I was like, oh my God, we have so many followers. Like I thought it meant something. Like it, if you're listening to this and you're one of those followers, it means something to us. But yeah. what we've learned over time is just because people are following, it doesn't mean they're supporting. No. Um, or they're following for the wrong reasons. I do, I do feel like we have been very – I wouldn't say fortunate. You have attracted the right followers. A bunch lot of chads. Of- well, mega chads? Is that the new thing? Giga chad. Giga chad. Get right. your shit straight. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of giga chads. Um, but no, you you have attracted a lot of a lot of good people, mm-hmm. and so a lot of the people that we have met through this have been absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah, I would agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, like it's. I think that one of the things that so like in the beginning. I never, I don't, I don't remember saying stay humble as much as I do now. No, it was a few months into it. I remember. Because I got humbled a lot through the process. Yeah. And I, so I, I think that's why like recently over the last like year, Mm -hmm. I've seen the most improvement within myself, like as an individual, apart from the business, because I noticed that when I started to fix myself, that started to fix things like the business mm-hmm. and our marriage was better and mm-hmm. sex life was better and all these other <laughs> things were better. And I'm serious. Like it wasn't until that I started to invest in myself apart from just the training aspect of things or the preparedness side of things that I started to notice a massive influx of positivity yeah. from just people supporting to my day-to-day life. What you everything. put out into this world is what will come back. Well, and but we've always had a positive um, – outlook on things like I've always kind of had that doomer mindset yeah Um, but like wasn't until recently where I started like you know what if you started to kick me in the ass and it started to piss me off (laughs) (laughs) it's like that's not your job that's my job my job is to be the one to pick you up like Mm -hmm. that that should be a wife's job is you know you are there to support your husband your your protector and your provider you are his his healer and his safe space Mm -hmm. And you started doing that to me because mm-hmm. I just, I don't know what the fuck happened, but. <laughs> hey, everyone has their ups and downs yeah. and that's, but I'm it's a beautiful part. It. It's a beautiful part of marriage. Yeah. You get to pick me up and I get to pick you up. Don't pick me up. 
No. Don't ever pick me up. That's gay. Yeah, probably. <laughs> You're strong, but don't pick me up. <laughs> you ever see that video where that guy gets picked up by his girlfriend on his birthday? She's like, happy birthday. I love you so much. And like picks him up. He's like, don't fucking pick me up in front of people. I think I have. Yeah, that's, that's funny. That's how I feel. Don't don't touch me. So let's summarize that balance, though. Okay, go ahead. So in, in summary, um, for those of you that are thinking about starting a business and you want to do it with your spouse, just go into it knowing and being prepared for the fact that um, it's going to absolutely fucking suck at first mm-hmm. and it's going to be really hard. And it's like, even if you feel super strong in your relationship, it is going to challenge it. Yeah. Um, so just go into it knowing that and being prepared in that and finding you know, he was talking about being on a schedule. I am, I have to be on a schedule. If I don't on calendars, yeah, like I have, I have a monthly calendar, a weekly calendar and a daily to-do list. And it's, it, it, I didn't have to do that in the beginning, but the, the more it grew and the more work we developed or the more work we, you know, have it's, it's absolutely a necessity. Even if you're just starting out, you need to-do lists. You need to be able to check things off. Um, you're going to feel so completely out of balance for eternity if you don't sit down and plan it out. It may feel stupid. It's like when we turned into an LLC in the very beginning, they were like, oh, make sure you have your you log your minutes. And I was like, what are your minutes? Mm-hmm. They're like, you have to sit down and have your meetings and you need to schedule when your meetings are going to be. And I'm like, it's just my husband and I, I don't. And we just do this in bed. Like yeah, we we're bed, literally. We just talk and like. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we need to be logging our minutes. So now we have a notebook filled with all of the things that we've ever talked about in the last like year and a half, two years. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> yeah. So just know getting started, it's going to suck. It's going to be hard. It's going to challenge you, strain you and push you in a million different ways. But as long as you go into it, knowing it, it's going to be amazing. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. Next question. Let's move on. Okay. Um, this actually, this question. Shout out to Puddle Beats. First off, um, if you like the music in the intro or outro, it is actually produced and made by this guy. You can find him on Instagram at p u d d one three beats. He's super cool. Um, but he actually asked this question, and I think it's a good question. So, cut. We've kind of touched on this a little bit, but uh, tips to help get significant others more involved in being a badass. So there's a lot of steps to being a badass, I guess you could say. Um, but What look, makes a person a badass? I think it depends on who you're trying to convince that you're a badass, really. I mean, I, like if you, if you have to go, if you're one of those like macho bro vet dudes, I already know you're a bitch. So I'm not really trying to <laughs> hey, like- there's some that are pretty badass. Well, yeah, but they're not the ones that I'm referring to. I'm talking about the ones that do the, the really quiet, cringy videos. The quiet macho ones. The quiet, the, the quiet ones that are not macho that just, that makes them macho. That's what I call oh, a Chad. Oh, yeah. You don't have to puff a your g- chest out. Giga Chad? Yeah. I'm still learning. Sorry. Yeah. Would you call them? Would you call a, mega. a mega Chad? <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, but no, like, and that's- it's the ones that don't feel that it's necessary. I did this. I yeah. I did that. And like, you don't need to fucking tell me your life story about like yeah. before we start shooting together, dude. Yeah. I don't care. So anyway, so <clears throat> I don't know. So like, I, I this was actually something that I guess I could start with. Um, Be my. So guess. when I met you, you were doing badass things. This chick rolled up like the third time I ever met her on a fucking motorcycle. I was like hooked. I thought it was like super hot. I was into it because I rode bikes. And so I was into that. And she also had like a fast little stage two Mini Cooper. And 
she had built cars in the past and she was like drifting and not in her Mini Cooper, but she was drifting like old Toyotas and stuff. You can, I don't know what you call them. Our first date was me taking you up Skyline I was scared as fuck because I had never driven with this woman and she can handle a car really well. So (laughs) that was like another plus. Um, So, but when I met her, she wasn't doing anything that was like involved with guns or like preparedness. She hadn't really entered that realm of things, but she did have friends that would take her out and they'd go plinking and shooting and stuff like that. But it was more of like plinking. It wasn't necessarily training. You didn't have any kit. You didn't have any guns. You didn't have anything. No, I didn't have anything. I was very pro 2A. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the depths of what the 2A meant. It was more of like a pro gun than a pro 2A because you didn't understand the full understanding of it, which I didn't either until later on. Yeah, I mean, I've always... I've always had that mindset of you're not going to take shit from me. You know, I've always you didn't had have the, anything from him to take though. No, but it was it was the the mindset of it. Yeah, no, not and, not just guns, but everything. Yeah, so. and I think that that was it was I was going through that learning process when we first met. Yeah, it was like where do I stand? What is this like? Is it the gun that I want, or is it the security? Is it the security and and, and that like maintaining the freedom that I do have. Mm-hmm. I may not have a lot, but for what I do have, if they take any more, that's why it's there. Yeah. You know? So being a badass though. So, well, that's what I'm saying though, is like, it, it wasn't until we moved really. Yeah. Until we moved to Idaho, you started to like transition. Yeah. You, you know, you got to a point to where you were super unhappy with who you were physically. Mm-hmm. So you took charge of that and you like beat your ass and lost a fuck ton of weight and in turn pushed me to be my ass and lose a fuck ton of weight. Yeah. <clears throat> so how much weight did you lose when we did that? How much was it? I'm currently down 70 pounds. Right. And I lost 80 some pounds. Yeah. So we did that together. I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for her. So she got me into it because she started to become like a health coach and she was like super influential. To well, all these and other I mean, women and, and you, you showed me <laughs> that Hondas aren't always bad. So whatever. <laughs> I used to build Hondas, so you immediately think Honda swag fag when she saw me. But That's all I called him. Him and his bitch mittens. <laughs> my bitch mittens? Oh, my God. I don't even know what you're talking about. She thinks I wore gloves every time I wear Whatever. Fuck you. Anyways. <laughs> it might have just been in the cold. <clears throat> it was just a cold. I don't like getting my knuckles busted in the cold, all right? <laughs> I don't think anybody does. <laughs> no. uh, like anyone that has worked underneath a car when it's 32 degrees outside and then their wrench comes loose and they just smack the side of the engine. You know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. I but know I you never do. resorted to gloves. See, I did it too many times before then to where I learned from my mistakes. Yeah, I did. What do you were doing times. is what they call insanity. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did build, build absolutely beautiful cars, though. But my point is, is once we moved here, you took charge physically. You mm-hmm. started to take like your mental side, your mental health uh, into your own hands mm-hmm. um, because we both have our own experiences and past with like traumatic events and stuff like that to where we've tried to like overcome them, um, which pushed me to go. I started to counseling and stuff like that, started writing things down, like all of that to try and fix my issue because in turn it would fix our marriage and like all of the mm-hmm. little holes that we had in our lives personally fixed us as, as a couple. Yeah. Um, which in turn kind of made us badass because now we're like this power couple. Yeah. And so like I'm not calling myself a badass, but at the same time, like I'm I'm really fucking happy with who I am compared to who I was. Looking back on who I was just even two years ago, I was yeah. pathetic compared to what I am now. 
And I can say that with confidence, not cockiness, but with confidence because I am nothing like I used to be. You've been working your ass off to be who you are today. And I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, you talk, you talk very highly of how much I've done for you, but I, I could have been the one. I, I have been the one, you know, pushing you. You're but... the one who they call her. <laughs> no, but it's without your willingness to to want to do something better for yourself. <clears throat> like it wasn't, you know, me over here like constantly every day. I mean, there was a period there I was telling right. you need to get your shit together. Right. But that yeah. was mainly – that was when I didn't know the impact that your work was doing on you. Oh, that was horrible. You know, yeah. it's like you were literally – your job was literally killing you. And it, it took me a while to like really realize, oh, it's his job. He's not just being lazy. Yeah. And – so, I mean, there, yeah, there's been a lot of aspects that we've changed, but I don't think that either one of us would be where we are today if we didn't have each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think anyone being surrounded by death every single day is pretty fucking haunting. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's depressing as fuck. You mm-hmm. walk in and there's dead things and you leave and there's dead things and yeah. you smell like blood and it's just not. Come home with chemical burns. Yeah. It's no, no bueno. So. Don't work in a beef factory. Yeah. Factory. <laughs> Jesus. I can't talk. Today. I didn't I didn't do any of the like the butchering or anything, but I, I worked in the what they called the utilities department. So I, I had always done boilers and refrigeration since I met Tiana. She's actually the one that got me my first job because she had a buddy that worked at a mill. Um which it was a lumber mill at that time. Mm-hmm. Um but he was a, a millwright. And that's if I wouldn't have even followed the career that I had been following for the last four and a half years if it wasn't for Tiana uh, because I, I just did automotive shit. And then even when we moved here, I started working really on locomotives. It was really good. Yeah. It was really good. You did really cool things. Well, yeah, but I wasn't making but, fuck for money. Well, no, and, and I think a lot of it was too is just because of the environment that we were in. Yeah. It was just everybody out there was doing the cheapest way possible, <clears throat> eBay turbos. Yeah. Like, just not. Which not really stuff. suck because then they blame it on my tune. <laughs> Anyways, I hope. What, what was the uh, question? The question I, was yeah. tips to help get significant others more involved in being a badass. So how do we help them get their significant other? Like, well, so, I, I'm assuming by what he's meaning by badass is doing the same kind of things we do mm-hmm. and getting them more like involved. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I feel like that ties into a lot of what I've been telling a lot of the people we've talked to lately, because I get asked that question all the time. How do I get my wife to not yell at me about buying ammo? Yeah. How do I get my wife to buy me night vision? And it's like, you have to teach them. You have to show them. You have to. It's like I was talking to a buddy that was at our house um, at our last get together. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I think she wants to be involved, but I don't, I don't know a hundred percent, you know? And I was telling him like, is is she a people pleaser? Is she somebody that would literally sacrifice her life to help somebody else? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, okay, well, then you need to bring it up to her in the aspect, like show her the aspect of like, I want you to be my teammate, my teammate. I want you to be my partner. I want you, I want to be able to rely on you. So if anything happens, and it's not just with like training and guns and all this stuff. It's like, if we break down on the side of the road, I want to be at least somewhat knowledgeable in cars, which I mean, I'm very you're, knowledgeable, yeah, you're, but you're beyond changing a tire, if I didn't, 
I would at least want to know the basics. So that way you're not left on the side of the road while me and the kid are in the car sitting there twiddling our thumbs, you know. Right. It's like you want to be an asset for your partner in every possible way. I want to I want you to know that you can rely on me for anything. Well, and that's the thing. It's like when you leave the house, like obviously I still have those like thoughts like, oh, fuck, like mm-hmm. where's she going? I hope she's okay. Like I know how long it takes for you to get from A to B and – so yeah. I check on you if it's like and I'm sure that's time. horrible right now because of all the sketchy stuff that's been going on. Yeah, well, and so, but I know that you can handle your own, um, and I think that I have to like respect that space. I think that that's important. Um, not letting you, not coming off like I think that you can't, that you're not capable. Yeah. Right. I know that you're capable, but as a protector, I. I, I, I care too much. You know what I mean? So I yeah. got I got to check in sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to know that you have it together. You yeah. know, that if your tire did go flat, you'll change that bitch in five minutes. Yeah. Like, I, I've, I've got faith in you. Like, we've had the conversation. Where is the jack? Where is the wrench? Where's, you know, yeah. the tire iron or whatever? There's every, You know where everything is. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, you know, the insurance company's information. Like, you can call them if you need it. Um, and the same thing with your just personal protection. You've got yeah. your gun. You've got your knife. You've got your phone. You've got all these things that you that you can utilize as a tool to make sure that you're okay and you can get home. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of women aren't that way. Ninety uh, percent no. of the women I've ever met in my life, ever dated, are no at all. Don't carry a gun. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it wasn't until like last year I started to meet women that actually carry guns. There's even women that I've met that have been put on podcasts that talk about guns and self-protection but have never carried a fucking gun or train at all. Yeah. And they get this clout on the internet and it's hilarious. Gun bunny. Not even gun bunnies. <laughs> like ones that you wouldn't want to see their tits. Mm. I mean like I know some people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like – you shut no, your fucking I, mouth. You don't do shit. That's something that I'm really passionate about too. And it's – I hope that this next little tiny bit that I'm about to say can actually like inspire somebody to really take it seriously. But it's like you have I'm – no, I'm not by any means a feminist like by tradition – by not traditional but by these days terms. But I am a very like – I mean fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah. No, but I am a, I am a very – proud i'm very proud to be a woman Mm -hmm. i can create life Mm -hmm. and i can protect that life thanks to you like you have taught me so much about being able to like when you're not home i don't have to be as scared now and so but it's also like i think it roots from also like your experience in life where you come from you have been you have been a victim and you don't yeah. want to be a victim ever No, again. I don't. You won't allow yourself to be a victim I again. will never, ever allow myself to be a victim again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's even down to the point where it's like, I got my own damn pocket knife. I don't need, you know. Yeah, hey, babe, do to, you have a knife? Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, Christmas morning, everybody's opening their presents. Anybody have a knife? And like 15 guys in the fucking room pull out a knife. And it's yeah. like, all right, which one? Okay. Why is there 15 guys in my living room on Christmas morning? And I'm talking about when I was a kid. <laughs> it's just reminded me of like all of my, my uncles and my grandpas. And they would all just like, I got one, but it's just made me laugh. But it's, it's like being a woman, you should be proud to be a woman, but you shouldn't be a fucking victim. Yeah. Don't do like you get mugged or you get harassed or whatever in a parking lot. 
and you don't have any way to protect yourself, you have no way. You're. Just, I'm just going to call my husband. I'm going to call the cops. And it's like, you're going to be dead by the time they get there. Mm-hmm. You need to be taking this shit seriously. Yep. So it's, I'm very, very passionate about women training because Mm -hmm. we are the biggest victim. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's not about just being a badass. I'm not, I'm not dry firing every single night in the living room because I want to be a badass. I'm Mm -hmm. dry firing because I want to be able to protect myself and my son Mm -hmm. because you aren't going to be there all the time. We are together a lot, but. It's just not realistic to even play your life like that. It's, it's not, it's not. If you're with your husband all the fucking time, are you actually happy in your marriage? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like we are together a lot, but it's we're it's not, not like because out and about a lot. Hip, though. Like it's different. No, it's we're together a lot because we're in the shop a lot. Like yeah, we're not processing doing orders the and same stuff. thing or together the whole time no, or anything like that. But when we're going out and about, we're normally actually not together. So. No, you'll go and do things, then I'll go and do things, or mm-hmm. I'll go out to somewhere where there's absolutely no service. And so you know you know the same thing, that I have the things capable in order to uh, protect myself or the tools necessary in order to come back. Yeah, I know. I don't got to worry about you. I'm, I'm Gucci. I'll be all right. But it is good, though. If you do go out and train, like, you should, if you can, have someone come with you, at, especially yeah. when you're doing, like, firearm stuff. Like, yeah. I think that it's very important that you have – at least a plan B because mm-hmm. dude, if like I had a, my buddy Mark had his, his gun blow up on his face the other day. Um, yeah. it was because of a hot round. Mm-hmm. Um, but which can't be predicted. That was at a class in a class setting with a lot of spectators. If but he what could, if it wasn't? But what if it wasn't? Yeah. And it actually did hurt him. Mm-hmm. That's your face. What if he just so happened to forget his iPro but didn't want to drive back an hour to not train for the day? People do that. I've Mm -hmm. done it. And it's like if he fucked up his face and he couldn't see anything and you're in the middle of a desert, some like, you know, public land, Mm -hmm. there's no one there to help you. What do you do? Do you know how to navigate out of where you're at without any eyes? (laughs) Not a lot of people do. Not a lot of people know how to do that even in their own fucking house. I am thankfully – there's a lot of things I'm challenged in, mm-hmm. but direction is not one of them. Yeah. And that's why I'm like super interested very... in navigation and stuff because like <laughs> I am really good with direction. I you am could ask awful. me, you suck. But most women do, which is weird. I've noticed that. Yeah, most like <laughs> Oh, no, you were telling me that I suck. You were yeah. like in the middle of a sentence. No, you <laughs> suck. Like I could ask her like, hey, where's north right now? She's like, ah, that way. And I'm like, that's south. (laughs) Or just like the complete opposite of what I'm asking for. She can't do it. And so we're we're working on it. But for me, like I've never had an issue with that. And it's very, very simple stuff. And then there's there's some areas where you wouldn't know if you didn't know kind of thing. But anyways, um, I don't know where I was going with that. My main point is, is if you go anywhere with someone or if you go anywhere to train, you should have someone with you. If you don't know your fucking way out without any ears or eyes, let's, let's put it that way. Um, okay. So let's go to the next question. Let's, let's do another one. I feel like I'm breathing into the mic. Like you smell different when you're awake. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, I'm trying to find a good one. Okay, so how to raise kids nowadays with our beliefs without raising red flags to the other side. I'll let you go ahead and take that because I feel like I was talking for a little bit longer. <laughs> I feel like we've t- – we both talk a lot. Just go. Um, <laughs> That's a really hard question to, to answer though because it's anything 
and this is all in my opinion. Okay. Anything that is good and right for a child is the opposite of what the government wants to see. But it's not even the government. It's not just the government. No, but it's, it's people it's, pushing it for the government as well. Well, yeah, which I mean, it's it's for the government, though. So it's, yeah. it all goes back to the government, the people within the government and the people running the government, um, which aren't actually in the government government. But <laughs> um, they ain't even governing, governing <laughs> themselves. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, that's it's hard to do. It's hard to to raise a child the way that I believe that a child should be raised, which is playing in the dirt and getting skin knees and learning how to be safe while doing dangerous things and um just being a kid and mm-hmm. not being sucked into electronics it's like you know i my siblings one of them grew up completely glued to screens mm-hmm. and the other one was outside all day long yep and i know you know without me saying i know cuz the other one's still outside Exactly. You know, they're getting jobs working outside. Mm. They're, you know, they're doing amazing and big things with their life. And it's because they weren't glued to a screen. It's like screens are ruining our children. And so, but everything now has to do with screens. Mm -hmm. You know, you're even the kids are learning online, which is just another screen. And so, it's really, really, really hard to raise a child that's going to have good values and morals and, you know, want to, what's the word, um, like preserve life. And be an asset to this, to society. Yeah, yeah, because being an asset to society and anybody that is not within the people that we talk to, really, like this right. industry, being an asset is just knowing how to make good reels and knowing yeah. how to show up for a nine to five and knowing that's not being an asset, that's no. doing the bare minimum for what meets the well, current and society. And it's crazy too, like you mentioned that, like when I worked in my old jobs, like mm-hmm. I never worked a nine to five, I worked like a, a six to six. You leave at four, get home at seven. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> but like... um I, I viewed myself as essential. Yeah. And and I, I use th- that I, to pump you up. Right. Yeah. It was like <laughs> a it was, it was like a you got this man like and I I have so much respect for the blue collar workers out there. Yeah. One hundred percent because that's all I've ever known. That's well, all my I've heart ever breaks done. for them because they're the ones that are being the most walked on right now, dude. And that's like it sucks and it's it's bad because these dudes are working forty sixty. 70 plus hours a week Mm -hmm. and they were in the they are in the same position that i was before i started this Mm -hmm. so uh, you have my utmost respect and i know a lot of you um but i missed every single anniversary every single birthday every milestone that there could possibly be uh Mm -hmm. within our marriage within our our son's first two years of existence Mm -hmm. everything and that was the it wasn't covid but it was everything that I just mentioned that really pushed me to start this mm-hmm. um, and to go full force into it. Um, I'm obviously passionate about it. Anyone that's l- listened to any other past uh, podcasts would know that or has been watching us for over the year. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know that it's harder for people to see that through Instagram posts or through YouTube. Um, but hearing the way that I sound when I'm talking about these things, I hope that it's it at least resonates with some people. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know where I was going with that. 
<laughs> my main point is just kind of shout out to the blue collar workers because you're missing a fucking lot and yeah. you're busting your ass. So yeah. um, it's really hard for you to be present for That's where I was going with that. It was really hard for you to be present uh, for the children that need you. But remember that if it wasn't for you, they wouldn't have the things that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you are present in their life. That's first yeah. and foremost. The fact that you are there and you are sweating and bleeding and crying for those children that is why we exist. Well, and I think that's a great thing to say too, though, because it's you working your ass off, not complaining. You, you go to work, you come home, and even if you are working a job like that and you're gone all the time, that is showing your child what it is to be, you know, if you're a father, a real man, and if you're a mother being there and being present for your children it's like there's a mother and a father for a reason there's a man and a woman for a reason they Mm -hmm. complement each other for a reason like all of it is for a reason and you know we get further and further away from these you know as they say traditional values yeah and it's showing you know mom can't stay home full-time with the kids anymore in in normal circumstances and that is massively affecting children because the government is now raising your children Mm -hmm. and it's i'm not saying that to judge anybody because i was in public school i was homeschooled for some years and a lot of us were yeah we were all in most of us were in public school yeah and so it's not to say that judgmentally it's just the way that it is moms can't be there for their children the way that they need to be because of everything going on in the world and the cost of everything and fathers can't you know like fathers you back in traditional sense you would see them going out and chopping the wood and doing the manly things and taking care of the family and now it's like the manly thing for a father to do is basically just never be home because they have to work so goddamn much well and that's the thing is most people like we were lucky like i have no idea what it's like now Mm -hmm. because it wasn't we moved here um before this inflation and everything happened and this horrible administration we took office and barely nar- we, we narrowly we, escaped but that's what i'm saying though is we barely made by mm-hmm. with a really good salary yeah like compared to where we came from that mm-hmm. was really good money in a place where that was like half of what it cost to live in oregon yeah and we were still scraping by on one income And so I totally understand, like, and still to this day, we're a single, we're, we're working together, Mm -hmm. but we have one income. Yeah. It's, it's jointly Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't work as fluidly as it does, um, without both of us working in it. But it's, I could only imagine how hard it is right now for their own. I couldn't, I don't know. I don't know how many people it's just one income, like. Most places now and most people that I've spoken to is both mom and dad are working. Mm-hmm. And now the kids are pushed on electronics and going to public school mm-hmm. and they have nobody anymore. And this mm-hmm. is when we have hard times. Yep. This is a hard time we're going through right now and it's only going to get fucking worse. And that's what people mm-hmm. don't understand. A lot of people don't understand because they don't follow anything or they just believe everything to be in a, a conspiracy and don't actually believe it to be true. Yeah. <clears throat> so... um it really sucks because yeah. when I grew up, it was just my dad working or just mm-hmm. – so my mom and my dad were not together, as mm-hmm. you know. Um, but when I came over to my dad's house for the weekend, he'd still be working 12 hours a day. Yeah. So I'd see him when he comes home at like 
6 p.m., 7 p.m. Sometimes he'd stay late because he'd still be with a customer or something like that because he was in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he'd we'd have dinner and we'd hang out till about 8, watch a movie. He'd go to bed. And then I'd have like one day with him. Yeah. You know, and usually that day he'd wake up at like 5 a.m. and then we'd load up the bikes and go to the track or something. Mm-hmm. But that was it. That's all I really got with him other than when I was younger. I was able to go fishing with him sometimes. I fucking hated fishing, but I loved <laughs> Getting all of the, you know, we'd wet the grass Quality the night time. before b- before, and go out super early, like 5 a.m. and pick all the worms out of the grass and go fishing. And I just, it was boring to me as a kid because I have just a, s- a short attention span and I want to just do things, you know. And I didn't have the patience to wait for something to bite. Um, mm. But I feel that that's really important because, like, me and my dad, you you know, me and my dad are super close, but I think that it's very important that we have those memories with our sons as mm-hmm. fathers. Um, and the same thing with mothers is, is like you being there for him, letting him know that like, hey, you know, like you, you might have done something wrong, you know, if dad's upset or whatever. And this is kind of I'm going to explain to you on like a calm matter, which mm-hmm. you do really well. Dads, you'd be like, hold the fucking flashlight. What are you, retarded? You know, like a lot of dads do that. <laughs> and then you come along and you're like, hey, you know what? I know what you were trying to do. Like you were doing really good. Um, this is why you frustrated dad. Or just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I don't, I've never called Leland fucking retarded. No. <laughs> but you're, like, you're really good at that too. But you yeah, are, I, you're a lot more. I'm getting better at it. You're a lot more straightforward with him. You know, you dads don't generally want to give the whys, but you've been doing a lot better about that. But that was one thing I wanted to say too is, going back to that question is building the traditional values within your home and in the children and not raising red flags is just do it in your home. Mm -hmm. Like when you go out and about and there's questions that are raised, like, you know, like Leland, is that a boy or a girl? And it's so, (laughs) I'm not going to, you know, talk about that in public and, and, cause all these eyes on us i do well i'm not going to do that because i'm not going to bring attention to us negative attention to us that could get us in trouble and so with him and i and so you know when we go home i explain to him this is what you saw you know it's like that was a boy and and all that and but it's starting in the home you need to, you know, if you're a father, be a father. Be present for your child. Take right. him to do the man things. Don't yeah. get frustrated with him because he does things more slowly or, you know, it's you need to teach him how to build things. Right. Even just little birdhouses. Go to freaking Joanne Fabrics and get one of those tiny little word, or word, uh, wood birdhouses or and we build did that, it. Like the little, little uh, wood car Exactly. That it's was like fun. doing those tiny little crafty things, yeah. you're doing the manly things. If you're taking the trash out, make it your son or your daughter even. Take them be like, oh my gosh, I, this is too heavy for me. Can you take this box? He loves helping me take the trash out. He loves it. He yeah. loves doing the things that dad does. And yeah. so keeping those traditional values in the house where if you're a man, be a fucking man. If you're a wife, you know, be the wife, be that central powerhouse of your house. Mm-hmm. You are the reason why your house is a home. Mm-hmm. So treat it that way. Act Make that it a way. home. Make it a home. Make it welcoming. And, you know, even if you fucking hate co- making cookies, bake some fucking cookies with your kids. Like I, Tiana, <laughs> the, yeah, Tiana hates cooking dinner, I but she cooks it. dinner every fucking night. So God bless her soul. <laughs> we are so grateful to have her. Well, and I love doing it when it's 
when you guys are excited about it. We're always excited. I know. She's like, really? I don't really like it. I'm like, it's fucking delicious. Like, well, Leland has finally got to the point where he's like, wow, thanks, mom, for making this delicious food before he even eats it. Like, yeah, it's and then he's like, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> My belly's full. <laughs> no, but I think I think that's probably the best advice that I could give about you know, traditional values in the home yeah. well, without and, raising red flags. Well, and the red flags thing is fuck what they think. That's my opinion. Well, I mean, and you know I kind of have an opposing view on it. Like, no, I'll, I'll well, never. Well, and I, he's saying red flags to the other side. So the other side mm-hmm. to me is those that don't have the same traditional values that we have. Well, and I see the other side as just <clears throat> the people that could. They're like, they're on the other side. You know, we're over here trying to just do what we want to do and the opposite live free of progressive and, yeah and those yeah. people are you know and when i hear the other side i often think of the government because the people on the other side that are all lgbtqabcdefg and like the people in the movement um they're all with the government but it's so funny how when we're talking about parenting that's what you think about is the lgbtq community because they're not 90 percent of the time they're not parents there's just a bunch of fucking They're not, inbreds. but what they're doing, and it's like, I'll, I'm going to just preface this by saying I'm not against gay people by any means. No, but like. But don't shove it in my kid's fucking face. Mm-hmm. That's where I have a problem. And that's becoming a problem. In, exactly. You are sexualizing children. You are, you are showing children at a very young age things that they should not be exposed to. Don't ever put a ask me my pronoun shirt on a fucking three-year-old kid Mm -hmm. that pisses me off. Mm -hmm. That is so far beyond the traditional values and the... Pronouns are fucking gay. Well... (laughs) Like, dude, I'm sorry. If you got a pronouns bio, like in your bio on Instagram, fuck you. I agree with you. But yeah, and that's, that's why it comes to my brain though is because it's... When you think traditional values, you you think of the opposite of them. Right. And it's like it's again, it's not gay people I have a problem with. I have no problem with being gay. I have a problem with you shoving it in my kid's face. Well, and that's I had this I don't remember who it was. I was having a conversation with this the other day. I think it was my dad. But I was like, I knew dudes just ten years ago that were gay mm-hmm. and you never would have even known it because yeah. now it's it's it. You can generalize them. Yeah, it's like they're all fucking super fruity. Mm-hmm. Like I knew dudes that were gay that hated the flamboyant gay guys. Same. And and it was like if you are sexually attracted to the same sex, do that. Do you, boo boo. Keep it in your fucking house, bro. Yeah. Like I don't I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. Does it make me feel uncomfortable? Well, it's the same thing as you and I don't go around talking to everybody about our sex life. And me and Ben talked about that in the last last podcast. Yeah. It's just like I don't want to see gay dudes making out just as much as I don't want to see you and your wife making out. Exactly. PDA is a fucking thing. Like <laughs> yeah. take it to your house, bro. Why are you doing it at the liquor store? You look like trash. Yeah. Like yeah. And I think it's just a lot to do just kind of with just basic morals and values. Like where do you hold yourself within society? Are you a mm-hmm. piece of shit? Or are you a good person? If you're laying on the ground screaming like pro-abortion, you're a piece of shit. That's my opinion. Now, if you are pro-abortion and you're just that's just your opinion, then that's your opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm pro-life. I'm against mm-hmm. abortion. Uh, obviously, there's some situations where it's like if the baby can't live, it's literally going to die. That's not and, abortion, though. No, it's not. I know. But like that's the, the argument that people have. Like. Yeah. 
if you if if your argument is we're, about we're to go over down a really deep I'm sorry hole. but if you're um, if your argument is we're over I talked about this with a buddy of mine today mm-hmm. is if your argument is we're overpopulated then fucking jump off the next cliff you see homie be the yeah. first one to fucking help out if yeah. you're worried about carbon if you're worried about mm-hmm. there's too much things being taken up why don't you just kill yourself yeah I'm sorry but like I'm yeah. not sorry because these Children, there's these no, these infants no have no way to defend themselves. That's fucked up. Yeah, there's there's no difference between saying I'm okay with you having an abortion and you should go jump off a cliff. Like there's no because no, it's not. The, yeah, the abortion is you're not even giving them a chance to say no. Mm-mm. You're not even giving them. They a don't chance. even have a logical brain. No. Yeah. No. We should go into another question though. <laughs> that's a fucking. <laughs> that's, that's a, a whole. That's a whole podcast. That's a whole podcast and so. <laughs> So at least you know where we stand on that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Ben is in the same boat. I would. Yeah. I would. Don't. I couldn't see him disagreeing with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find a good one because there's some that are in here that are like ah. All right. So the next question is: You mentioned a long time ago about your wife being key to your baby sleeping all night. Would you like to? touch on that yeah well I, so honestly that kind of falls right into like instilling core values and, and all of that and i'm very passionate about it so i'll kind of summarize it because i spent two and a half three years studying pediatric sleep and the importance of it mm-hmm. but um just instilling routine and schedule into your life like in my brain i see it as a baby comes out of the womb and they're freaking out they used to be fed all the time and they had so much comfort and warmth all the time, and then they're just brought out into this open world, and they they don't know anything. They don't know when their next meal is coming, when they're sleeping again. It's cold. It's it's all this stuff. And so giving them a routine to where they can expect, they know when they're going to eat again. They know when they're going to nap again. It's um, a really good way to put it. Yeah, it's it, it creates that comfort again for them. Yeah. And that's why we swaddle them for so long, too. It's comfortable. That's how they were in the belly. So, um Basically, in summary, it's I got him to sleep. He was sleeping 12 hours through the night by three months mm-hmm. um, just by simply giving him a routine. He yeah. knew when he was going to eat again, so he felt like he could sleep all the way through the night because he knew when he woke up at 7 o'clock the next morning, he was getting a bottle. Right. You know, it was just, it was just that's how it was for his entire life up until he was, well, almost two is yeah. when it was a really structured. And it wasn't so structured to where it was like ruining our life, but... You know, the first year it was pretty strict. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way he could he could develop that routine. And then as he got older, he was able to have a lot more free time and scheduling. But I still scheduled it. You know, it's like he still has lunch and dinner at the same time and breakfast. He well, has his yogurt and vitamin every morning. And, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just the routine. Well, and, and what people don't realize, like even as an adult, like it wasn't until we started this business that I understood how important routine was, even though mm. even though in my military school, that was like all we did. It was all routine. Mm. I knew exact. I still to this day remember what we had every fucking Monday morning for breakfast. <laughs> like that's how structured it was. Yeah. And so without structure or a schedule, your day is chaos. Yeah. Well, you, or you, you do fucking nothing or you do nothing. Yeah. And that's from like an adult standpoint. So as a child, I didn't have a schedule at all. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why I didn't understand. I would like creating a schedule was so stressful to me. 
mm-hmm. because I didn't, I never experienced that in my life other than through military school, but I didn't have to create the schedule myself. They did it for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people, when they make excuses about going to the gym and stuff, it's like, get a trainer. Yeah. They do well, it for you and, and just I, show up and do what they say. Yeah. I didn't have structure at all when I was a kid. I mean, like my mom had me freshly 15, mm-hmm. um, still living with mom and dad, you know, dropped out of school in eighth <clears throat> grade. So it's, I didn't have that at all. But for me, what that did for me is it gave me anxiety. Mm-hmm. I was constant. I had no idea what was coming next or what we were doing. And so in my brain, it only made sense to have our son have a routine so he could feel comfortable. He could relax. He didn't have to cry and fuss all the time because he he didn't know when he was going to eat again or sleep again. You know, it was just right. so that's what that's basically in summary. That's what it was for me is just. And what I encourage well, a lot of parents to do is is just develop a schedule. Well, and a lot of people wonder, like, why am I so spontaneous? Why do I just <laughs> – someone says, hey, do you want to do this? And I just go, yep. Like, I don't yeah. I don't look at my mm-hmm. schedule. I don't look at anything else I have going on because you don't fucking have one. You just do shit to do it. And so that's what I noticed myself doing as, like, a younger – I'd say anywhere from, like, 17 to, like, 23 – it, I would just did spontaneous things. It was like, mm-hmm. this sounds interesting. I'm going to go do that. And then when I didn't have anything interesting to do, I'd find something to do mm-hmm. to keep myself busy rather well, than doing like, and it was never anything that was like bettering myself. Yeah. It was just, I was finding more distractions mm-hmm. is all it ever was. It was nothing about like fixing my mental health or my physical capabilities and or financial situation. It was none of that. It was like, I'm going to go race cars in the street. Yeah. We're going to go do drugs. We're going to run from the cops. Like mm-hmm. th- that was the life I lived and chose to do things yeah. uh, that way rather than doing anything positive at all. That didn't yeah. exist for a long time in my life. Yeah. Well, and it's so and it's it's funny that you talk about that because there's actually there's a direct correlation between um, having a scheduled and structured childhood and learning how to fall asleep independently and all of that. If you don't have that as a child, like mm-hmm. how many of us rely on melatonin to fall asleep or something to mm-hmm. fall asleep? Yeah. You have to have something to fall asleep. I now. still don't fall asleep with melatonin and sleepy time too. <laughs> yeah. But there's a direct correlation between not having that structure as a child and also not having that structure as an, as an adult. So yeah. like ADHD, I'm doing air quotes, ADHD is is huge in adults, mm-hmm. you know, and it's mainly just not being able to focus, not getting good sleep, having to rely on something to go to sleep, having high anxiety and your brain's constantly racing is because you had no structure as a child. Yeah. And I'm not talking down on any parents because I didn't have that either. No. Granted, my mom wasn't the best mom at 15, but... Well, yeah, she's it's, 15. How many fucking 15-year-olds exactly. you know that are like a squared away woman? Like, <laughs> Yeah, but it's – I'm not talking down by any means on anybody because a lot of people don't take time to study that because it's not – it's just like everything else with parenting. Yeah. You're not given a guidebook on how to do these things. It's like – Yeah, and the only thing you hear from other people is like, just wait. Just, exactly. Just it's going to get like, worse. Oh, shut the <laughs> – Fuck up, dude. If someone's told you that, just don't listen to them, dude. Like, it's no, bullshit. No, there are very hard times in parenting. But Fuck yeah, there are. If, there's no hard, if, if there are no hard times while parenting, you're not a fucking parent. No, no. You're, you're an aunt. probably have a nanny do it. <laughs> you're an aunt or an uncle. Like, yeah. No, it's, it's I, I feel like setting your child up for success is huge. And it all falls back into the traditional values, too. People are probably you know? wondering, well, where is your kid? No. 
He's at home by himself. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> schedule's so strict. He's just like yeah. doing our taxes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, we got a babysitter, by the way. I'm just gonna throw that out there if you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I I feel like it's super super important for kids to have that and. It also, it sets them up for so much success with learning and everything too. You have, you think back in the day, they didn't probably schedule the kids, yeah. but they did, they had a routine. You had to be up, but they were up super early in the morning. They had to tend to the things and wash the clothes and clean the house. And it was just their schedule. It was their routine. And so right. kids, they knew what their mom was doing. It's like, oh, it's, you know, the son's. Mom's here. in the kitchen where she belongs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but basically, though, yeah, dad's that's, in the garage working on the car. Exactly. Yeah. That's literally how it goes, though. Kids yeah. knew what to expect. Yeah. And yeah. now it's just like you have no idea. You're Mom. a wild card because <laughs> you were inside doing something and I was outside today painting my rifle. And then you came out and then you started pulling your harness apart, your engine harness <laughs> apart on your forerunner. <laughs> And I was like, that's only because you made me angry because you why? were like, you were like, oh, well, you know, we need to just pull the fucking engine. And, and I was like, well, yeah, but we need to go get the cherry picker then. And you're like, well, there's so much more we need to do before the cherry picker. And I was like, fine, I'm going to fucking do it then. And yeah. So and I then ran in 45 over. minutes, the whole engine harness was pulled. <laughs> so now the next thing is the transmission. Remove the transmission. Yeah. I don't know how we got down that rabbit hole. Anyways, let's it's all on. you. It's all me. It's always my fault. And Ben <laughs> says the same thing. And I, you know, if those of you guys that find that what I'm doing is annoying, I'm sorry. This is I just, love listening to you talk. So I fucking hate hearing it. And I hate that, like, even I in love the. your voice. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is why she stalked me with my voice. So if I'm serenading what? you with my voice right now, dudes. What? <laughs> oh, you never told the story about how we met. Oh, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and do that before we go into the next question? Because she tells it better than I do. Okay. So go ahead. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago. Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. So uh, I was selling cars at Honda, and he was working at a, a parts counter at an auto parts store. Yep. Um, Dead end job. Yeah. So him and I... <laughs> So he called in to Honda looking for a car, mm-hmm. and I picked up the phone at the exact same time as one of my coworkers, and I ended up getting the phone call, um, and I got you on the phone, and you sounded super hot. Oh, my God. But you were talking to me about how you were going to pull the engine anyways. It didn't matter how many miles was on it, blah, blah, blah. And well, so it's because I saw a used like hatchback or something. It was the, a red 1994, 1996. No, it was blue. It was blue. Was it blue? Yeah, Derek ended up buying it. Oh. It was anyways, blue. Anyways, so it was blue, whatever. I thought it was red. Um, Fucking hate red cars. <laughs> yeah, but you were just going on about all the stuff you were going to do. And so you and I started bullshitting on the phone about cars and all that. And at the end of the phone call, I looked over to my coworker, Tiari, um, who still messages me on our anniversary almost every year. I remember. I turned to her um, and I said, Tiari, I think I just met the man I'm going to marry totally joking um no she wasn't (laughs) okay i have to preface this now i have never ever chased after a man ever but with you there was something about you you know it's funny i've actually never chased a woman either yeah you did a really good job of pushing me away i did but so anyways um (laughs) so you refused to meet me um 
I was or I was running around Honda like a freaking chicken with my head cut off. Like I've got to meet this guy. I need to be able to sell him the car. I went to the the store manager. He, or he was the regional manager, but he yeah. worked at my store. And I was like, Sam, you have to let me sell this car to him. We can just sell him as an as an as is. And he was like, Nope, not happening. And so it just didn't work out. So I pretended um, like you had popped up as a recommended friend in my phone's no, 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 on Facebook. No, 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 that's not what happened. Yeah. You, you hit me up and you said, hey, they're not letting me sell it to you because of insurance issues and like mm-hmm. liability, this, that, and the other. But I'm going to keep an eye out for any type of car around the same type of like what you were looking for or something mm-hmm. like that. You're like, I'm going to keep an eye out, yada, yada, yada. Which I did with I'll, all my customers. I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep your number. And I didn't think of any of it, anything of it, but like, I have your number and I'll let you know if anything comes in. And I thought that was it. Mm-hmm. And fucking 15 minutes goes by. And then I get another text message. And you said, you showed up on my phone as a recommended friend. Mm-hmm. So I just followed you or, or. No, you said, so add me. And I, so I added you. Yeah. Yeah. But then, so long story long, you refused to meet me because you were broke yeah, and I was so, embarrassed. I didn't want to meet a woman when I was broke. Yeah, so the first day I showed up with coffee. Yes. Second day I showed up to your work with tacos. Yes. I hadn't then, eaten for three days. Yeah, I didn't was, know that. Yeah, that was fucking <laughs> crazy, dude. That was one of the hardest times of my life. That was the brokest I had ever been in my life. I just mm-hmm. started this job when I met her, and I hadn't yet got a, got a paycheck. So I was like, I can't be meeting chicks and be broke and like – except to go somewhere like I lost my car, I lost mm-hmm. my house, I lost everything. Mm-hmm. And all the things that I did have just mysteriously showed up at my work in a fucking black tote one day. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And so it was like, it was so weird that this was, I had never been in this position before. Yeah. Um, And so I was like, no, I'm not gonna, no. I, I was kind of pushing you away and like, Trying to be, we trying to not. chatted every night though. We did, but I tried to like prevent it. And I was sleeping on my buddy's couch at the mm-hmm. time. Um, I didn't have anything. And I was just trying to play it off. Like I was like still Mr. LL Cool J over here. Like, yeah. Well, and I had just gotten out of a relationship where like it was really bad. It was really bad. But you still but, pursued me. Yeah, but it was, I don't know, there's something about you. When you know, you know. But. No, I had I had my own house. I had my own car. I had like all of it. I was raking in money selling cars. Yeah, you're and, doing really good. Yeah, I was I was doing good. I was finally on my own two feet, and I was doing it by myself, and I felt really good. And but finally, on the third day of you rejecting me, um, I told you my car's already gassed up, so you can't really give me any money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going on a drive anyways, so you need to come with me. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, God, fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then that was history. That was it. You came back to my house after that and you never left. And <laughs> Everyone's got this <laughs> this idea in their mind right now. And they're like, like oh, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, um, I felt hella bad, too. I feel bad because my buddy Eli, he was the one that let me stay there. Mm-hmm. And I, I never told him that I was staying at your house. He thought I just didn't show up when I – he thought I died. I never heard that. Because his wife was the manager at the store that I worked at. And then oh, he was like, yo. you get yo, picked up by a mysterious he, woman in an all blacked out car. He was just like, yo, man, like, where are you at? And I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't mess. Because this guy is like, he was in his late 30s. Mm-hmm. And he had a family and everything. And he yeah. was just like, you, like if you're going to stay on my couch, like, you can't just not show up. I was waiting for you. 
so I felt really bad. I was, but I was a piece of shit when I met you. Mm. I was going through some stuff. <laughs> I wasn't. I had a lot to go through. Yeah. When I met you. But so funny story about all of that though. So Mini Coopers have a smart key, right? So yeah. The the newer ones. Oh, oh, I remember that. Yeah. So I, I went to go fill up the gas. Yeah. And um, when I got out of my car, I had a lanyard and I stepped on the lanyard and it ripped the key out. But because it's a smart car, once it's started or has a smart key, once it's started, even if you remove the key from the car, it will stay running. You just can't start it again when you stop it. Mm-hmm. And so um, something happened to where I, I was able to get in my car and drive it home. But like when I was leaving, somehow the key ended up on the ground at the gas station. And so I had to, I got home, couldn't start my car. Oh no, it was when I was leaving to get gas. My keys were at my house. Yeah. So you had already got to the gas station. Turned off my car and then I couldn't start it again. Yeah. Because I didn't have my keys. So then I had to walk all the way back to my house. My house was locked. And you were like 30 seconds from me. Yeah. Yeah. The gas station. That was the shell. Yeah. And you knew the dudes at the gas station. You're like, well, you watch my car. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And so then I had to go back to my house on foot and then ended up grabbing my keys. And then I got a ride from my neighbor back to the gas station. Jeff. Yeah. I remember Jeff. him. Good yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, but so I got a ride from him back to the gas station and then I was finally able to go get you at work. And it was like, you're like, I'm so sorry. I'm late. And I was like, the fucking day that I stand around and wait for you. Like (laughs) I told my boss, like, no, I'll just wait. Mm -hmm. No problem. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's so crazy. But I think the craziest thing is that you and I have known each other pretty much our entire life without ever actually meeting. Yeah. That's another. Same, same high school class. I taught your ex-boyfriend how to wrestle. (laughs) That was funny. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so same it's mutual fucking friends. crazy. And then Aaron Salinas, oh my god, remember that kid? Yeah. Like, but he was a buddy of mine mm-hmm. through wrestling, and then he ended up playing on the same rugby team as your ex. Like, mm-hmm. it's a small world, man. Yeah. It's a small We're constantly world. circling each other. And, and people that. say this shit isn't a simulation. I disagree. <laughs> um, so we have time for one more. Yeah, I think we have time for one more question. I'm trying to see. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, proper use of Crocs. Get the fuck out of here. In the trash. Yeah, Crocs <laughs> are gay, bro. <laughs> Actually, I've seen that they have, it's, I think, Croc sneakers. It, but it's the equivalent of wearing sweatpants. You don't leave your house with Crocs on. If you leave your house with Crocs on, you also have to leave your house with sweatpants on. Right. Because then it just completes a look. And then a stained old Mickey Mouse t-shirt. Jesus. You're ta- you're like full on Walmart right now. <laughs> Damn. You don't even go into Walmart. You know, you, got, you guys, she refuses to go into Walmart. Mm-mm. Fuck Walmart. Well, I know. I have the same... But like she you just go in, you just feel dirty when you get out. I do. do I feel like I just like received AIDS. Yeah. Like it's really weird. I feel the same way about Goodwill. Oh yeah. I'm fine with like Marshalls I feel and cleaner Ross. in Goodwill than I do in fucking. Maybe not. No, no maybe not. That's no. Just, I feel greasy when I leave Goodwill. Yeah. But I feel like whatever type of like sickness you that feel they're like you're pushing. On crack when you yeah. go to Walmart. Like it was just all meth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Anyways, 
Is there any closing thoughts or anything that you think you may have for this? No. Nothing you want to say to the people. I mean, this is the first podcast. My first podcast ever. First podcast ever. You finally have the floor to say anything that you want to say. Is there anything that you want to say before we head out for the night? I mean, all I can really think of is just get your wives involved. Yeah? That's all I can think of. I'm really fucking passionate about it. Your wife? It's <laughs> this is going to sound so uh, straightforward, but your wife is a target and will be a victim. Ooh. It's, sounds like a threat. It's the, in our, this is what put it into perspective for me. Our tiny, tiny, tiny little town of 1,500 people, mm-hmm. 10 minutes away, have had three moms followed and two cars marked for sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. So tell me it's not getting worse in big cities. Yeah. No. It's like I, that's where well, it's, yep. if our tiny little town of 1,500 people can have that much go on within a two week span. Oh, and there's now a dude running around. Chasing it, kids. Yeah, chasing kids and trying to coerce them into trucks. I can't trucks. wait till I find that motherfucker, dude. Yeah, so it's, but this is why I say that and I say it so aggressively is because the world is changing so fucking rapidly. And the longer you sit around and do nothing and know nothing and don't read or expand your knowledge on anything, the more of a liability you are. Yeah. And that goes for, for husbands and wives, single men, single women. Anybody. Talk to your moms. Talk to your sisters. Yeah. Talk to you, your wives. Talk and to your do it in a way that you care. You care about them. Yeah. It's, don't don't come dangerous. out and be like, you, 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 you don't understand. It's all it's all, it's all all planned. Like Ukraine, <laughs> Russia, and COVID. Uh, the, the war started. And now you, you can't come at them that way because I've tried that and it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> you, you can't tell them everything at once. Just be like, hey, look, here's the deal. It's time. Care about you. It's times time. are changing. Times are changing. It's either you you change with it, and and not the way that the government's pushing, but in the way of self protection and self preservation mm-hmm. and uh, self sufficiency. But just that, learn like one new thing a week. Start there. At least one new thing a week. Yeah. Are you and kidding just, me? How many fucking things we learn a day? Well, yeah, but that's. I'm just saying, like, just That's start weak, there. Bro. If somebody, Impress me. If Impress somebody me. is completely overwhelmed, just one new thing a week. What are you overwhelmed with? Mm-hmm. Everyone has a fucking excuse. That's yeah. – I even I even said this in the last podcast with Ben. The one thing that I've – You want, talk about Ben a lot. I fucking love Ben, and I missed him. Uh, he's not here. Uh, <laughs> so, my, my point <laughs> – it's my best friend. My, I'm ready to leave. My, <laughs> my point is, is that, like – He's doing a lot of like the audiobooks, and so are you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't do a lot of the audiobooks, and I would love. And so he he referred to it as investing in knowledge, which I'm investing in knowledge, just not in the aspect of uh, like reading. Yeah, I'm not doing a lot of reading other than like on specific subjects that I'm interested in. Yeah, um, there's like four, five, maybe six books now since you and him both are telling me to listen to books that I need to go and listen to. Um, and I told him that that's something that I want to start doing. So once I start doing that, he promised that he'll go and start working out because he's not working out. So Ben, when you listen to this podcast, once again, I promise getting you. Getting called the fuck out. Call, well, I called him out last time, but he called me out because I'm not investing in my knowledge. It's true. I want to expand my knowledge and he wants to expand his physical exertion. So 
since I'm listening to audio audiobooks and expanding my knowledge and now working out. You're above me. But you haven't been working out as consecutively. I as worked me. out for a year and a half straight. Okay, well, there's no anyway. finish line here. No, the point not. is, is <laughs> work on yourself. Work on yourself. Focus Get your on shit you. Together. This is not a competition with anyone else, <laughs> <laughs> other than Elijah We're, and Tiana. <laughs> yeah, we will forever be in a competition because that's just who we are. Yes. All right. <laughs> so nothing else. That's it. No. Okay. I think it was a book. I think it was a book. Yeah, it's getting late, dude. Yeah, it was a big cock. No, uh, it's a good, good podcast. Thank you. Chicken. Oh, I'm fucking out of here. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>